What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do in every space that you occupy. Hey, I'm one of the co I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm Conroy, and we got Tony here. Tony, say what's up to the people. Yo, what's going on with y'all? How y'all doing today? First of all, thank you guys for coming on this journey with us. Um, really learning about what it means to be authentic. We've had some amazing guests, and we're just excited to see where this podcast goes. Um, and actually, today, what we're doing, we're going to be doing something new, something fresh. Tony, what, what are we doing today? Roy, I, I don't think that people are ready for this. But today is a segment we're calling Real Talk. And so, periodically, we're going to start doing these episodes where we, uh, it's just Conroy and myself chopping it up about different issues and subjects that we really care about and we want to just have y'all join listen in and feel free as we get into this to talk about what y'all want uh follow us on socials comment slide into our dms and let us know what y'all want to hear and we'll do it because it's for the people so let us know yeah come along this journey with us about being authentic and you guys are going to hear some real conversations between tony and i especially today um and you know it, it, these are these are like these are real conversations tony and i have you know he picks me up from the airport from time to time and we just talk we talk so what are we talking about today tony So today we're talking about a real heavy subject, fatherlessness. Yikes. And Kamara and I, <laughs> um, we are no strangers to um, having an absent, abusive, or aloof father uh, in our lives. And so we want to kind of talk about our stories more in depth in this mm-hmm. area to uh, shine a light for our listeners and allow them to see you're not alone. Yeah. Um, father wounds are real and we need community in mm-hmm. order to heal those wounds. And so let's just dive in. Let's Conroy, talk to us about the journey that you've been on with your father. Yeah. Um, you said it. it is a journey and uh, it's been a journey. Um, I would say growing up, um, the man who I thought was my father was kind of in and out of my life, in and out of jail. Um, it was very, very emotional. And then I go to college and then come to find out, you know, my junior year of college, I found out that he's not my biological dad. And I take a DNA test, find out who my biological dad was and he was in our hometown this whole time. Apparently he went to all my football games and stuff like that. Um, and eventually, you know, he, he comes over for one Thanksgiving, you know, I was in college, we connect and it kind of was like that. It was maybe like a year and a half stint where he was like there. And then, you know, nobody has really heard from him since. Um, but that was a really, really interesting time because the guy who I thought was my dad, you know, I still talked to him. Also, still had to talk to my mom in the process, right? And it was like, hey, 
Like, I know you told me this, but this is actually what is a fact. And it was a, it was a time where I just had to realize that like, okay, this is just what it is. I didn't have any emotion at that time. It was weird. It was like, I, I haven't watched a TV show, haven't watched uh, a movie that prepared me to react in a way that's like, hey, the man who you thought was your dad was not your dad. And I was just like, wow, how do I respond to this? And it was like, how do I respond to this as a black man who is a who loves Jesus? So I really had to be careful with that and, you know, you know, forgiving my mom, uh, forgiving my dad, and then also like letting my dad, who I thought was my dad, who I'm actually named after. I'm named after a man who's not my biological dad, which is something in itself to be like, hey, like, it's cool. Like what we went through, like you still did your part when you when you were around. So it's like you're you're not forgotten. Um, Things just kind of shifted so that was like a weird a weird time for sure yeah i mean you know you just sharing that like i i get this sense of identity crisis like Mm. you know for the majority of your life you're being told this this one dude is your father and all of a sudden like no just kidding like here's your dad he's actually been in your home hometown like your whole life like you know I'm sure you had to start questioning like who am I yeah you know that actually started before um even before I found that out it's that's that that who am I kind of started when I was maybe in middle school you know when when you're that those primitive ages where you need that father figure there you know you need that man there and I just didn't have that um and then I ended up moving in with my grandparents and my grandfather ended up becoming that and he he helped me become a man he helped me um learn how to drive you know he he did what he could and it was just an amazing time and so when I think about male figures in my life I think about him I think about coaches I had that also helped me, you know, develop. Um, so when it came to the whole father thing, they even the man who I thought was my dad, he wasn't in, he was in and out of my life anyway. So it wasn't like, am I him or am I him? It was just like, okay, like essentially, like, what's my who's my DNA? You know, and I know we did this one thing in college one time where we had to figure out like our uh, family tree, and I just couldn't do my dad's side. Cause I, I didn't know. And you know, the reason why I thought about that is because like what happens if I have, or when I have kids someday and they, I need to know like medical things, right? Like I need to know if things run in my family, but I didn't, I had no clue what my father's side was. So that was one of the reasons why I did go through with the DNA test and stuff like that. But yeah, it definitely was an identity crisis, but I would say it started before that. It started more in middle school where I needed some male figure and my grandfather ended up stepping in, in for me as that. So that was like a really cool, cool time and rest in peace uh, to my grandfather. But he, he was that man for me for sure. Yeah. So, so I, I wonder who is in that male figure for you 
now that your grandfather has passed? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I always say God has definitely placed men in my life at specific points when I needed it. Um, right now I would say it's my pastor. Um, he's a, he's a very dominant male figure in my life right now that I can kind of go to. And it's different cause I'm going to him about adult things because he's, you know, he's, you know, maybe a 10 years older than me and he can give me like real time, like almost like real time advice, which is really cool. Um, and even before that, it was my youth pastor. It's been it's been a coach. It's been, um, yeah, actually, it's most mainly been coaches. And then now my pastor is that that kind of male figure in my life too. So that has helped a lot. My therapist helps a lot. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he's like the male figure, but he's a person that I can like process with, um, to talk about these these things. So that that I, that's who I would say is my male figure right now. Awesome. So, um, has it, has it been important to you as a black man to have these male figures be, uh, men of color or has that never really crossed your mind? Mm. You know what? I would say since 2022, yes. Or so since 2020, yes. It has been important for that. Um, But prior to that, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that was my focus um, because, you know, I've had, you know, our youth pastor from from high school. Brad was was part of that. But then my high school or my college football coach, uh, 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 track coach, excuse me, he was black. Um, My high school track coach was Puerto Rican. So. I guess I had I have had prominent men of color in my life to to help with that, but I don't think that was a priority until later in life. Um, because it is important to have a man of color kind of mentor us because they can relate. Because as much as some people, especially in our hometown, don't want to admit that life does look different. For people of color, as a black man living in America, it does look different. Like there are certain things that just happen because the color of our skin. Um, yeah, it's 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 quite quite interesting that some people just don't believe that. Um, and I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you because it's it's kind of it's kind of similar, right? Is where you you have you've had your dad in your life at some points, you know, we've talked about this on our first, first episode. Um, and then now you're a father in itself. What are some things that let's start with like maybe some positive things you can take from your father, if any, and then like, how are you kind of redefining that? Yeah. Great question. So I've, I've always struggled for the longest time resembling anything of my father. Mm. Uh, good, bad, or ugly. If, you know, my mom would say, oh, you laugh like your dad or you smile like your dad. 
Um, I would just hate that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. Uh, and I, I think that was because I thought that if I resembled my father in any type of way, I could become him fully. Mm. And I didn't want that. And so I really fought that until just one day. I don't know why, but I like sat with, I mean, I am, I know who my father is. I can't change that. And my father's not all bad. Mm. You know, um, there was one uh, sermon that I that I um, listened to, and they talked about how there's no perfect villain and there's no perfect superhero. Um, and I think it was around that time that I started to realize there are amazing things about my father, his charm, his charisma his confidence his smile like my dad walked anywhere in Hagerstown he knew people people Mm -hmm. knew him Um, he was the life of the party and it was when I just embraced yeah like I have those qualities Mm -hmm. and they are from my father um, is when I started to have more freedom because when my goal was I want to be nothing like my father, I was still in bondage. I was still shackled to I I can't resemble my dad. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I can be me. And being me, I'm going to resemble everyone in my life, but especially my parents. And how do I um, honor that and embrace that when it's good? And how do I change the things that aren't? Mm. And I can hold them both in tension. So Yeah, that's so good. You, you mentioned one thing that like, and I think a lot of people do that a lot, where, where you think about like, hey, I don't want to be, I don't want to do, or my family was like this, so I vow to not be that. And you mentioned one thing that I think, I don't want to skip over is that you mentioned that keeps you in bondage. And I, I love that because it's so true. And what I, what I'm hearing from you, Tony is I don't know if I've ever heard this before until right now. So y'all are getting this real is that I, what I, when you said that I just heard chains falling. Like I, I I heard like freedom in that statement and it's, it's so cool to hear that from you because I've seen, I've seen a lot of it. You know, one thing, one thing guys, as you guys are listening to this is that Tony and I, we have like, what, there's six of us, six or seven of us, maybe eight of us who are like real close friends from high school. And Tony and I always connected one because we were the only black guys in the, in the group, just so you guys are aware, but mainly because of our dads, like Tony and I connected with our dads from rip, like, I remember Tony calling me in college saying, talking about his dad and, you know, and it's just like he knew I can relate. And 
I love that you're saying like, you know, there are, there are positive things about our fathers. You know, when I think about the, the guy who I'm named after, that's kind of who I think in my mind when I think about my dad is there's a lot of things that he did that he was the same. Everybody knew him, you know, whether it was good or bad, but everybody knew him. You know, he was the life right. of the party. Um, and you're right. We are a product of who we're around and who we resemble. Who we resemble. Um, right. That's why I think this conversation is so important, you know, about fatherlessness. And it's not like... I guess to be to be frank, it's not like we didn't have fathers and we don't know who they are. It's just that they were just absent. <laughs> so right. it's like that's why we wanted to have this conversation because, like you like you said right in the beginning, Tony, like you're not alone. Like Tony, you're not alone, and then I'm not alone. And what yeah. I love about your story is that I hear the freedom coming. But do you think this freedom has happened because now you're a father, or did it start to happen before? I I think it started to happen in marriage mm. uh, when I realized that my father wounds didn't just affect me, but they affected how I showed up in my marriage. Wow. Um, and how because of my my father's fickleness, I would project that onto uh, my wife and feel like, Oh, I can't be the real me because she'll just leave. Mm. Um, because, you know, when I would get intimate with my father on an emotional level, he didn't know how to handle it. Um, and so I kind of internalized that people in my life don't know how to handle where I come from emotionally mm -hmm. because I am an emotional guy. Um, I, I will sit in my emotions unashamedly. Like that's just who I am. And so when I realized I couldn't show up in my marriage being fully me, that's when I realized, Oh, this has to change. And even now, like, I'm still battling those demons, if you will, of feeling like all of me is not enough for my wife. And so it's challenging. It's it's a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember us having those conversations a couple of years ago, you know, about how you were saying that, like, you were nervous that she, was le she would leave and... I think you're you're making a huge step by just putting in putting the root like this is the root and now that you know the root we can we can deal with that and I love I love that that you're you're recognizing it and you also said you're still growing through it um which I think is a is a beautiful a beautiful thing especially now that as you're a father and it's cool that you're recognizing that you know early even before you had clay you know, so I'm excited. I mean, it's also really cool to watch you be a father. Um, because one thing I can say with you, Tony, is that like, you know, I've hung out with you and your son and like how involved you are. And I don't want to say involved because involved is not the right word because you, you there are dads who are involved, but still, um, unavailable, not present, 
Yeah. Yes. I love yes. how present you are with your with your with your son. And it's really cool to watch like to see that because I don't when you're when you're present with your son, I don't see this um bitterness towards your dad when you're with your son. What I see is the love you have for your son and has nothing to do with how your dad treated you. I think it has everything to do with how God, your heavenly father has loved you. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like that's, that is the sole reason I even have hope to be a father Mm. because when I look at the Bible and see the fatherhood of God, I'm in awe. I'm in awe that there's a God that would go to hell and back for us to save our souls and will go to whatever length to say, I'm going to get you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, that's a beautiful thing. Um, and honestly, it's it's part of my healing journey. Um that by by the holy spirit i can address god as pops as daddy as papa like the most intimate word that we would use for our earthly fathers that is what god wants us to call him mm-hmm. and like that's just unreal to me that he would care so much about the fatherlessness to say, I'll step in that place. Yeah. And I promise you, I'm a man of my word, and I will not leave you, even when it feels like I'm not there. I am, and I got you. Um, But what, what's been your healing journey? Um, in dealing with your father wounds? Um, I would say my healing journey is similar to yours where it's like recognizing those things that were missing. And I feel like we don't recognize them. The people who are around recognizes them. And they'll be like, uh-uh, what is that? And you're like, I don't know. And then when you d- dive into it, you're like, oh, I have trust issues because my dad would tell me he wouldn't go back to jail. And then next week he was in jail. Or my dad would say, I'm coming to your football game. And next week he wasn't at my football game. You know, and yeah. so I would say that the healing journey is recognizing those things. Um and and just working through them, you know, with my therapist now, you know, we're obviously big proponents in mental health in Jesus or therapy in Jesus. And it's like recognizing that and then praying through it. Um, I feel like as a believer and as a black male, it's much easier to put all my hope and faith in Jesus as my father than a earthly man. So I think now the journey is how can I still have this hope, faith, trust in my earth or my heavenly father 
and extend that same grace towards my earthly father. And I think that's kind of the next step. Um, and like what, whatever that looks like, you know, it's interesting now. Cause you know, I don't know where my biological dad is, but taking a step to try to figure out where he is, or even my dad, who I'm named after, like mending that relationship and understanding that because there was a, there was a time where I'm like, I don't really care. Like it doesn't really affect me. Like he hasn't contributed to any part of my life. So it's like, I'm good. But I would say more recently, it's more like, I'm still good, but like, how can I still mend that relationship before it's too late? You know? Right. And man, so do you, do you find yourself like realizing you are better without him, but mm. still longing to know him? Because I know for me, I, you know, my life is so much better without my father but at the same time like if i hear that right song talk about wanting a parent and not having that i am brought to tears Mm. because like the part of me that shows up in that song is not 30 year old tony it's it's eight year old tony Mm mm-hmm that is crying in his mother's lap because I just got that call that my dad is locked up. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, I know for me, I, I battle that. Yeah. Uh, do you face that? Um, not, not in that sense. It's not me knowing that I'm good without them and logging to still, you know, have that relationship. It's more of like, I'm good but I could be the only Jesus that they will ever meet. And I don't want to have a family member not have an encounter with Jesus or potentially could have an encounter with Jesus because I was bitter towards them. And that's kind of more what it is. It's like they are who they are, but like how I respond to them could change their life. That's more of like where I'm at. I was actually going to ask you that too, because I know you and I talked about it um, when you got married. First of all, let's we can talk about that and how you were like, "He's not coming to the wedding. I don't care. I'm good without him." So it's has that changed for you? Oh, bro, it's it's been a a very very windy and uphill <laughs> downhill journey. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Probably a year and a half, uh, maybe two years ago now, I made the decision to block my dad on everything, all social media, um, and the only thing I have left is his number, so that if he wanted to reach out, he had to call. Um, But I told myself... I wasn't doing it. Yep. Not because I was bitter, but because if I kept... Exhausting. Well, it's exhausting, but if I kept holding on to it, 
I can never mourn the the father I had in my mind. Mm. Um the the fantasy parent I created. Um and I had to mourn that. I had to mourn that no matter what, my father was never going to be who I had in my mind. Mm. Um but I actually uh I was driving on Tuesday out to visit clients and a song by NF came on called Mama. And I knew by the title and this guy's story, I was like, I'm not ready for this song. <laughs> and it wrecked me. Um, yeah. And today as I was sitting with the Lord, um, I was journaling about something completely different and I felt like the Lord saying reach out to your dad I was like uh, excuse you <laughs> you sure you're talking to me <laughs> <laughs> well, why are you going to switch the subject um, but and, and so like I really feel like I'm at a place where like the Lord wants me to reach out to my dad again but lay everything out, not in an accusatory way, but just in a raw, honest, like, this is who I am and this is why I'm 30 years old, still longing for your connection. Mm. Um, Because trauma knows no time. Mm. And, like... You know, we often think whatever trauma we endure, oh, it's been 20 years, I should be over this. But trauma is saying, you won't be over it until you have something to step in and meet that need. An uh, author said, um, if you go days without eating, your appetite doesn't go away. It it just gets stronger, and that's how trauma works. Um, and so, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> lay it every lay it all out. Yeah. Um, but I have to. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, y'all, y'all are getting the real, real talk. This happened just Tuesday, so Tony, I'm excited to walk with you through this. Whether it, you're gonna do it tomorrow or a month or two years, the fact that the Lord planted that seed, it's, it sucks sometimes when he plants those seeds. <laughs> just like, right, right. dang, I can't not do it. You know what I mean? Right. And I quickly wanted to rationalize. I'm like, that's not the Lord. And I'm like, no, it is. I know it is. Especially when you don't want to do it, man. So, yeah, I'm excited. And you know what? I'm going to. Be praying with you through that because I know that's not easy. Um, yeah, thank you, brother. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Sharing that with of the people. Course. Sharing that with me. Um, as you guys can see, this is this is what we're calling real talk, where we're going to have real conversations. Real talk. Real talk. Um, so, yeah, come along this journey with us. Like you said, we're going to be dropping these periodically. Um they won't always be this deep. 
they won't always be this deep. Or they might. I don't know. Come on, come on now. <laughs> when we get real, it it's always deep. That's true. So That's buckle true. up, y'all. Buckle up. Enjoy the journey. Keep rocking with us. And until next time, y'all, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Peace.